Welcome to the Pelvic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Forner, a physiotherapist working in pelvic health, as well as a new student researcher on the fun, long road to a PhD, where we will be looking at pelvic floor problems and exercise. I'm here to bring you information from leading professionals on all aspects surrounding pelvic health for any gender and any age, from the vast range of pelvic floor problems to exercise and sport. Remember our disclaimer, materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's Laurie Forner here. Just a couple podcast updates. Nothing is changing, as in the episodes will still be available through Apple iTunes. However, I've switched hosting sites to um, a company called Podbean. Now, Podbean has some really special features that I'm going to try using. So first of all, in order to get the episodes on Podbean, you have to download the Podbean app. Um, Within that app, most of the podcasts or other podcasts that you listen to are probably also available there. So you can still have different episodes and different shows that you can scroll through and listen to. However, through Podbean, I'm also able to possibly raise some support and funds to help keep this podcast free for everyone. So I looked at a whole bunch of different options. I didn't really want to put any episodes behind a paywall. From the very beginning, I have wanted this to be free access for everyone. Um, But Podbean lets me set up like a little crowdfunding. So within the... um, show when you find when you search for pelvic health podcast um, there's a little kind of red button or there will be soon uh, that says be a patron and you can pledge I think I've just put the smallest ones there so there's one dollar per month or there's two dollars per month um, in order to support the fees that are associated with hosting and running a podcast so you're supposed to set up goals I've picked the smallest goal $20 a month which is the fees that I pay in order to run the podcast Um, and if people do pledge you get a little reward so some people at um, the dollar per month you will have access to patron only episodes and interviews and at two dollars a month I'll shout out your name on the podcast I want to be able to provide something extra for those who do support so if you don't support not a problem you still have access to the episodes but for the people who do Um, support the podcast you will have access to some special episodes that other people won't have access to so some patron only episodes will involve me going through some really interesting research articles talking a little bit about them as well as some interviews so I will put a little blog post out there about it so that you can see um, what I'm talking about (laughs) but this option sat best with me so that this way you choose to support if you can rather than me forcing you to pay any money. Um, Again, I really appreciate, appreciate everybody continuing to listen to these and I hope you continue to enjoy them and I will continue to work very hard to get as much information out there and when I can fit it into my my life (laughs) but anyway okay enough of that today's episode is with Amy Dawes so she is an advocate for bringing women clinicians and researchers together to support women affected by birth trauma this week is um, birth trauma awareness week 
But through the Australasian Birth Trauma Association, which we short form often to ABTA, Amy has established an organization focused on the recognition and understanding of birth-related complications. Amy's understanding of the issues has come from her own experience, which she tells us about, and the many women she has listened to and helped to find support. She understands firsthand how it feels to have changes in her quality of life, and this fuels her desire to help other women. She's also using her journey as a map to assist women who find themselves in a similar situation and to educate health professionals to better identify those mothers most at risk and enable them to provide the best support available. Amy's vision is to break down the stigma attached to pelvic floor dysfunction and empower women to feel comfortable speaking out in order to continue driving change for those women deeply affected by birth trauma. In this episode, Amy and I are discussing the role the association is playing in supporting women with psychological and physical trauma, as well as briefly touching on other areas that ABTA focuses on, such as advocacy and professional partnership. Now, what we don't get into in this episode is the controversy surrounding mitigating the risks of childbirth, i.e. the use of forceps in delivery, as well as the psychological impact of diagnoses such as levator avulsion. I thought we would save those topics for another special episode where we will have an obstetrician as well as a patient perspective. So stay tuned. But for now, please enjoy this episode. Okay, so welcome to the Pelvic Health Podcast. I have Amy Dawes today, and Amy's going to give us all of her background, but we're here to talk about the Australasian Birth Trauma Association, and this week, Amy, is, is it the Australasian Birth Trauma Association Week, or is it Birth Trauma Association Association Week? It's, uh, you're in the middle there, so it's Birth Trauma Awareness Week. Oh, I was so close. But yeah, so we thought, <laughs> I thought, what better time to get the word out about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So if we can start right back at the beginning and tell us what this um, association is and how you got it all started. Oh, well, that's a long way back. Um, I, so the Australasian Birth Trauma Association is a not-for-profit organization, and we support women and their families that have been impacted by a difficult birth experience. So that could be psychological trauma, um, and that facet um, we're talking about um, postpartum post-traumatic stress disorder, but also um, postpartum depression, um, OCD, there's a range of mental health disorders that could be potentially linked back to a difficult birth experience. And then we also support women um, that are, uh, are impacted by physical trauma. So that could be um, perennial tears or um, pelvic floor disorders. Function. Um, so, yeah, we know one in three women in Australia identify their birth as traumatic and up to 10 to 20 percent of first time mothers will experience significant birth injuries. So um, we want to support these women and their families because we know that also partners or anyone that's involved in, um, you know, that the birthing moment can also be impacted by birth trauma. Um, so how did we begin? It was my own experience. Um, in 2013, um, I had my first child. I 
thought I would breathe her out after doing a calm birth course. And I was very fit, very into fitness. Um, I thought I, you know, the labor was going to be a breeze and birth. And um, I was misinformed, I suppose. I just, I, I knew all the risks that lie with a cesarean that could potentially happen with a vaginal birth so um I ended up sustaining a third degree tear um but I it wasn't until I was about 16 months postpartum that I was diagnosed with something called levator revulsion which is where my pelvic floor muscle had detached from the bone um, and that had led to prolapse um and I just was dumbfounded when I had my diagnosis because I'd never heard of prolapse and um, I'm also like a qualified personal trainer and I'd never sort of known anything about the structure of the pelvic floor and how crucial it is to how we function on a daily basis Um, and I remember going home from an appointment with my physiotherapist and googling physical birth trauma and nothing came up so I thought well I I must be the only one I'm I'm a freak and uh, and I'm also someone that really likes to learn and educate and um, educate myself and um, I soon discovered that it's actually much more prevalent than I would have even really believed. Um, so I came across the work of Professor Peter Dietz um, and one of his PhD students Elizabeth Skinner who's doing her PhD on the psychological consequences of somatic um, trauma and uh, I wanted to help them and And Liz had been interviewing a number of women themselves impacted by birth trauma. And she said to me, I'd love to bring a birth trauma association to Australia because at that stage there was nothing, um, not another charity here in Australia supporting women or their families. There was was a charity in the UK. And I I thought to myself, you know what, I can make that happen. (laughs) And I just ran with it. And here we are. So what is the purpose of having this association? Um, well, there's there's a, a quite a few different facets. So first and foremost, primarily, we support women and their families who have been impacted by a difficult birth experience. So we provide them information, resources, and support um, where previously they, they may not have had any or they might not have had access to the support or or recognize that there was support available. So what Uh, kind of support are you talking about? So at stage we have a private Facebook support group. Um, It's we only launched last September and we've got about 300 women and rising. Um, So that's about 30 women a month we've we've had so far Um, and that's through very I mean we're still very much in our infancy and people are only just hearing about us. So it's just been, you know, they've heard about us either through some of the press that we've been fortunate to get. Um, And next month, no, this month, because we're in July now, um, this month we'll see the launch of our peer-to-peer support program. So that's um, women supporting women or partners. It could be men supporting other men. Um, we, We do want to make sure that we recognize that partners also need this support. Um, And I'm really excited about that, again, because in in my own journey, when I was on this fact-finding mission, um, I was connected with two other women that were had similar interests to me, so very sporty women. Um, One was a a personal trainer 
And I found connecting with somebody that had experienced what I'd experienced, but they were ahead of me in my journey. So incredibly helpful because, uh, <coughs> excuse me, because, you know, when I was told about a pessary, I thought, what on earth is a pessary? And I spoke to my, well, the obstetrician that delivered my baby, and he told me that pessaries are just for old women that don't have sex. Um, oh. But I was, yes, and I was actually able to then go back to, these two women that I'd connected with through my physio and they were like, no, they are wonderful. Give them a go. And it's great because it enables you to have, you've got your physiotherapist as one trusted resource. And then you've also got other women going through that journey that have walked through it. And so the peer support program is effectively that we don't offer advice. We offer an empathetic ear to women that have already walked that journey and are, and have healed effectively and are in a place where they're able to now give back. So when you, so you've got the Facebook group that people can go in, go on in their own time and have discussions with other women who have yeah. gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then the peer to peer is that you're um, one-on-one with somebody via like a phone call or Skype or person to person. Yeah. So we're going to have a live chat service. Um, so that's going to be available, not 24 hours, unfortunately, but although I have one of my volunteers moving back to the UK, so she may, it may make us 24 hours. People are up at three in the morning after they have babies. It, it's true. And I think the, the great thing about live chat as well is, is the fact that um, you will get that response. Like we'll have our hours on the website. So you know when there's somebody there. And it's, it's funny because, you know, living the experience myself you go to a physiotherapist you get told quite a lot of things you walk away from that appointment and you suddenly have another 40 questions Mm -hmm. and it's nice to be able to like bounce some ideas off other women and go to your next appointment with questions rather you know so it, it sort of prepares you it kind of helps as you work with your healthcare provider as well so that's yeah so we'll have live chat and also email support Oh, nice. And sorry, with yeah. the peer-to-peer, the people who they will be talking to, um, will it be health professionals or who are they, or just or women who've gone yeah. through it or both? Exactly. Or... Yeah, so they, they go through training. We've got our first training day on the 14th of July um, where we've got a psychiatrist and a social worker and a physiotherapist. Um, and, and we're going to effectively run our first training day it will be recorded so that future volunteers can also participate in the training. Um, and we have, you know, a number of our volunteers actually come from a counselling background, okay. but that isn't a um, requirement for becoming a volunteer. And they're not there to replace the health professionals. They're okay. there just to be, like you said, a listening ear and then offer guidance, support, and, you know, I guess, ref- are you also, are they helping people work out who they who might they benefit from if they need to see someone else yeah it's 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 something that we'll be stressing all throughout um our training is you it is not an advice service and you know we stay clear from diagnosis but it's more of a you know i i had something similar this worked for me it's always typically your GP is your first port of call. And that's something that we maintain Mm. in all our communication. Um, (coughs) But yes, it's, it's, it's literally 
that empathetic ear to somebody that understands it. And with the email support, we're going to make sure that we pair up kind of like for like because birth trauma is all facets of trauma, isn't it? So we have women who have had emergency cesareans. We've had women who've had what you would textbook, you'd call the textbook dream birth and that have ended up with post-traumatic stress disorder due to injuries. We've got um, women that have sustained injuries but don't but didn't necessarily um, experience psychological trauma so we've we've that the birth trauma spectrum is huge and and we want to make sure that you know women are chatting to women that have walked on a similar path to, to them and is that do they have to pay or is this free service oh it's a completely free service yeah yeah well hopefully in the future we can get funding to pay our volunteers that would be my my that's my next goal (laughs) okay so so at this point um everybody is volunteering their time no um actually we've got a volunteer manager and she's our only paid member of staff so and that's that's very that's supported by the brain injury foundation they they effectively sponsor that role yeah. And what type of health professionals do you have within the association working in the main team? Yeah, we've got, um, at this stage, we've got two year ago. Sorry, hold on. Um, I think we've got my, um, my Skype just went out there. You did you, I think you said two year gynecologists. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Shall I carry on? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, we've got um, two urogynecologists and obstetricians. Um, we've got a pelvic health physiotherapist. Uh, we've got a perinatal mental health psychiatrist, um, a midwife, actually two midwives. Uh, and have I got everyone? And a doctor, um, Dr. Jennifer Kruger. I think you know her. She's based in New Zealand, so she's our New Zealand representative. Um, and I think that's everyone. Yeah, we've got we we cover a re- the the spectrum of practitioners that are working with pre and postnatal women. Yeah, excellent. And so, how do you, so um, so they're not the people that are discussing with they're not involved in the peer to peer support. Are they helping kind of organize oh. and promote and. Um, they're more of an advisory committee, okay. so yeah. um, they 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 look at the direction that that our business is moving in, the message that we want to convey, um, and they sort of support in that area. But yeah, it's not related to the peer support program at all. Okay, um, so with the peer support program, um, or even within the Facebook group, if you are, you know, discussing, um, you know someone's story and you feel like you need to refer them on to someone is that part of what you do as well like you go okay maybe you need to talk to a psychologist or see a Mm. physio or talk to a doctor do you have Mm. a list of kind of professions and people that you're going to be hopefully sending people to or yeah yeah so one of my goals is to um, effectively create a real-time database that will work as a referral tool because one thing that commonly comes up is that um, clear referral pathway and I think there's a real issue with that because what the feedback that I'm getting from healthcare providers is that maybe the questions, the right questions aren't being asked, i.e., a woman how was your birth that is probably one of the most important questions 
to ask, but it's not being asked because I think practitioners don't have a clear referral pathway mm. because there are so many facets to, to birth trauma. Um, so we want to effectively um, collaborate with healthcare providers to provide those clear referral pathways. Um, and one way in which we, we are hoping um, to kind of get those wheels in motion is we're working with another not-for-profit organization called cope.org.au. And uh, Nicole, the executive director of that organization, is talking about, well, she's in the process, actually, of creating um, uh, a birth trauma um, course. So psychologists can actually participate in this course and become qualified to work with women um, that have experienced birth trauma. So we don't have anything like that at this stage. So what makes our private support group so fantastic is that word of mouth because mm. for me personally I won't see so I will always ask for recommendations if I want to see um you know it could be for anything you know right a GP your brow specialist uh, word of mouth for me I think is everything so it's really great we have such a supportive community on there I it blows my mind how lovely and wonderful these women are to each other and quite often you know or someone will message me and say have you got a recommendation for a psychologist in the lower north shore um and i can post it on the uh, onto the support group and we get recommendations that way so at this stage it's very much a word of mouth um and and, and it's brilliant because it's a safe place where women can discuss what kind of treatments they're having for their own trauma so it's very personal and again we'll always remind what remind our women what works for some women aren't necessarily going to work for you but it's good to see what your options are where previously they may have felt like there weren't any um and how do people find out about abta how do they so it's um at this other stage, than this podcast if anybody's listening yeah yeah we've been really lucky we've we have generated um quite a lot of press um one of our co-founders professor Dietz um he seems to um feature quite heavily in the press um he so uh I'm usually called for um comment or quotes and I'm making sure that the Australasian Birth Trauma Association gets mentioned um we've done a number of radio interviews which have been huge for us because um one was abc um radio which which was just wonderful that they're so supportive of our work and that they recognize that that there is a need to support um women and their families so um and again it's working we as i said our advisory committee um they're very involved in the in their own communities and their own networks um but i think the most exciting part is the fact peer-to-peer launching and then we can really show the results and the support that we are going to be offering um our community yeah yeah oh that's so lovely um yeah i've all i've also noticed that you've been using um as everybody does social media to help get the word out and um can you tell me the story behind the your story t-shirts that i've just seen lately Um, yeah, so you say using social media. I mean, like it is. Uh, it's it's an, the B 
beast. What do you call it? You call it so so me. Is that oh what you yeah, mean? yeah. I I, I got that from somebody. It just is so much easier to type and say rather than typing <laughs> the whole thing out. I just can't um, remember who I got it from. It's it's a beast, isn't it? Because yeah. at the moment, um, well, until recently, I was the only one involved with um, all the um, the business side of the organization. And that's a lot of work for somebody that's also a stay-at-home mum looking after a 16-month-old. And social media is, was like that final beast that I thought to myself, I, I really, we know that, that mothers are looking at social media. We need to have a presence on there. Um, and so we're slowly building up our community and within that community one of the women that I've personally supported through her own journey is now um, you know she's come along leaps and bounds she's got an incredible pelvic health physiotherapist in Sydney and she's in a really good place and she was ready to give back and she started her own t-shirt company and and um and she's donating a percentage of the proceeds to our organization and um and she wanted to do a t-shirt specifically for abta and i love it because it's even abta on the sleeve and i feel like it's like a conversation starter because it's you know we know the stats one in three women identify their birth as traumatic but how do you start the conversation because it's so difficult um and i and and a common theme I've seen in our support group is women will say, um, I, I, I'm almost ready to share my story, um, but I don't feel like mine is as bad as some of the others I've seen. Mm. And that is pretty common. And it really is, it breaks my heart for these women because then they inevitably share their story. And it's just as devastating as the next person's. And it's something that we, we say again and again is, is birth trauma is very individual and what look what could look like the most normal birth on the outside can be extremely traumatic for some and we we say your story matters um and so that that's that's why it's we hashtag your story matters because i say it again your story does matter share your story because sharing that story it, it it effectively releases something inside of you but also mm. you just don't know who you're going to help and that's that was that's what's driven me through this whole process is um i think i first had an article in the sydney morning herald um it must have been 2016 um, second child and um off the back of that article I just had women messaging me, so many women messaging me, thanking me for talking about this and that they thought they were alone. And so it sort of all links in. Mm. We, we, we want to, to tell women and their families that your story matters. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so within your, I think when I was looking on the um, website, you've got a couple resources already up I'm assuming are you coming out are you organizing some more I really like the ones that you've already started like um I'll put links in the show notes so that people can access these um through your website but um one of them a lot of them seem to be centered around trying to make women um at least start with giving themselves some space and some time and taking care of themselves like you talk about how you know, when a baby is born, your 
world and everyone else's is centered around the baby. And the mother often forgets about themselves, and so do a lot of other people too. Um, so in yeah, a couple of your resources, there was some nice little tips on just things that women could do to um, to take care of themselves, you know, a little bit. So can you talk about some of the tips that you gave in, I'm trying to think of the exact one that I was looking at. It was the very first one that was listed. Do you remember them? I'm just having a quick look. I know. So it's like, which um, the, the resources are, are really, um, they're actually quite new on our website. Oh, and, they're, okay. and they were done by an amazing volunteer that we have, um, Rachel. And, um, and yeah, it was really, we wanted to have something where, again, it's that message that we hear over and over that women is normal. And we sort of want to push back on that. Maybe what you're going through is common, but it's not normal. Trust yourself and trust your body and and seek answers as well. Um, I released a video on the Australasia uh, birthtrauma.org.au um, Facebook page. And, um, and it is one of our women saying, seek a second opinion, a third or a fourth opinion, because... Um, we really want to see is whoever they're seeing is going to help them get the answers not close down what they're feeling and too often we see women's feelings dismissed and that just feeds into the trauma more it's just so important that as a healthcare provider you acknowledge what that woman is feeling if it is normal to you it's not normal to her because she's speaking out about it and that already takes a lot so these resources are not only for um well they are for the for women and their families but it's also for them to print out and effectively give to the people that they want to say hey this is what i'm feeling and this is not just me this is a real thing um i i'm i'm so excited i'm just saying as a part i don't think it's on here yet but we've also got a um a partner's um father's and so important that um they're closer you know the, the person that's experienced the birth with them knows what they're going through and it's there's a you know we we, we actually got feedback from our um, members um on things that they've been told either by well-meaning friends or healthcare providers um and we sort of wanted to highlight that and and give alternative suggestions to things you might might say the women that are, are going through a tough time oh, my internet is terrible oh no i'm no. jinxed i'm telling you this is me because every time i go next to something electronic it just like freaks out it's not too bad most of <coughs> most of the things you have said i have got but every once in a while it goes out and i'm like I think I'm pretty sure I got what she was talking about. Um, so if people want to donate to the cause, is there better avenues than others? What's the best way? How should, like you said, proceeds of the t-shirts will go to the sales. You've got a donate button on your website. Yeah, Are there other yeah. ways? That's that's the, um, yeah, we're, as mentioned, we're funded entirely um, on donate actually I, I didn't mention it but we are we're, we're funded entirely on donations at this stage we don't have any funding um so we have we 
simply have a donate now button and, and a give now page. Um, so yeah. And then it, once you, if you continue to raise money, where, where does that money go to? Like what does that go to, um, increasing the peer to peer support or do you have ideas that you would love to do, but you're just not able to do yet? Um, we would love to be able to fund the peer support program. So effectively, um, retain our volunteers. Um, so if there was funding going into that component, which forms the most crucial component of our business, um, in the future, I would like to see that grow um, to a face-to-face um, group where we would mm. have support groups at least in every major city and I think that if we were going to do that it would be fantastic if we could get someone from um at least a um background so that that would need to be funded that's where I'd like to see um any funding go yeah and so what what's your plans for the next year with ABTA is it just to work on the the peer-to-peer support or continue getting the name out there yeah yeah I mean you I actually didn't cover it before but you know because you obviously asked me like what who do we look after and I've just gone into the uh, supporting effective women and families but I think it's important for me to just mention that the other two facets we also want to advocate on um, an Australia-wide New Zealand-wide level to emphasize um, pre and postnatal um, psychological and physical well-being so that's that's really important we just continue raising awareness for what we think needs to be done um, in pre and postnatal care so prenatal care is providing women with informed um, consent informed choices um, I think we just cannot continue to ignore um, the risks that may be involved with vaginal births. We know um, what the sort of risk indicators are, and I think it's important to have those conversations. And we want to work with healthcare providers on how we can get that message across because we know it's not straightforward. We can't suddenly start listing off all these things, um, but we certainly believe that there is a way to get that message out there and for me personally and from talking to women that have lived this horrific journey on dealing with um traumatic birth experiences um i they they and i fully believe that if we'd known all the risks prior to birth and made an informed decision about the type of birth we wanted it it, we may not necessarily have changed the birth that we wanted but at least if we'd had an adverse outcome at the end of it we'd be in a better place mentally and I think that's really important that we have to be thinking about the mother's mental well-being because it isn't all about the healthy baby um, we're seeing a lot of that now in the media and in the press and on social media it's not just about the healthy baby but it isn't because a healthy baby is amazing and that is of course what we want but that healthy baby needs a healthy mother and if she is you know as you know Laurie the the change and the shift you go through when you become a mother is big enough throw in you know postpartum post-traumatic stress disorder or um you know the worst case scenario physical injuries how is that baby going to benefit it it, mm. it you know so we really want to advocate on um better pre 
and postnatal care for women. And then lastly, and, and equally as important, is we want to continue to expand our partnerships with um, healthcare providers and government bodies um, so we can continue to support research and help advise healthcare providers on current successful approaches to identifying and handling birth trauma. I think that, again, is really important. And I'm actually working with a team in the UK to um, create, hopefully, a wonderful tool that will help women in that post uh, after having a baby. So, because we, we want to stop women kind of falling out of that, as I said to you earlier, that six weeks and then they kind of fall into the abyss and as you said um you're so focused on the baby that often it can take quite a long time before you come up for air and you go actually I'm not okay we know that 60 percent of women have okay births or good births but that we want to look after those that 40 percent of women who maybe aren't getting the care that they need I'm glad that we got to discuss a lot about the support side because I really wasn't aware of what you guys would be offering yeah. and what you've been working on. And it really does sound fabulous. Yeah. Mm. I think it's really important for me to say as well is that I am, I, I need to remove the just, but I quite often say I'm just a mum. I'm just a mum and drive to support other women and hopefully prevent other women going through what so many of us have experienced um but yeah i think it's really important to definitely get a, a medical perspective thank you so much thanks, for your Bobby. time thanks for um, having me all right take okay, care see ya. See you.